Welcome to R&R Showtime with Robert and Ryan. And today we will be doing our winter review. We'll be talking about movies, TV shows, movies and TV shows that uh, just, you know, were of note that we saw. Maybe, you know, if they had bad reviews or good reviews, just give our thoughts and opinions on them. Stuff, the stuff that we haven't already covered in other podcasts, like, so you're, we're not going to dredge up uh, Book of Boba Fett or Fox Machina or the Batman. Like, our opinions on these are out there. Uh, two of those things were really, really great and are probably the highlights of the winter. Uh, and the other one is Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, we're going to go a little freeform, maybe kind of bouncing back and forth between movies and TV shows. But we're going to try to start with things that are maybe more relevant or, or things we, we just want to make sure people hear about. Yeah, we're no spoilers here. Just trying to like put out our thoughts on stuff that we that like we we think deserves your attention or maybe even address some stuff that's like eh, that is maybe some stuff you can skip but as you said starting with the things that we want to talk about the most the thing that we were gonna do a whole podcast on but ended up not uh just because of scheduling and stuff the peacemaker yes Peacemaker on HBO Max, uh, you know, DC's uh, if you saw Suicide Squad, the newer one, the Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad. Um, this is the character from that movie who I mean, in the movie seemingly died, but uh, played by John Cena. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, it's very difficult to see him. Luckily, wears a helmet. That's that very, <laughs> makes him very visible. Uh, but he I mean, basically, you know, the beginning of uh, the Peacemaker TV show is that he's alive. He, he didn't die in Suicide Squad. Um, and it just. You know, without really getting too much into it, it just follows him being uh, a superhero in quotation marks. Yeah, it's it's one of these things where the the idea that they were making this show was so unusual that of like all the characters in the Suicide Squad movie, the Peacemaker was the one that de- they decided needed to be a show. And even though it had James Gunn working on it and who doesn't like John Cena, uh, I re- like there I felt this like barrier to like starting watching it because I was like, it's probably a fine show. But then when I finally just started the first episode, I was like, oh. Like just the opening title sequence of this show is like this immediate like, okay, this is interesting. This is great. I I firmly believe that the the, the opening title sequence of the show is among like the greatest ever. It's there's something about it that's just so good. And we're not even going to just don't even describe it, Ryan. Just go watch it, people. (laughs) It's one that I don't skip like and and I'm a person to like skip like opening title sequences when I'm like firmly watching something like, oh, I don't want to watch this. But yeah, and the show's just and great great writing great cast like it's wild how one of the most lovable endearing characters on this show is a literal sociopath yeah <laughs> like psychopath yeah it's it this show does an excellent job of blending absurd hilariousness but also deep and good story and and writing drama john cena great actors just straight up yeah. like yeah emotional stuff uh it's uh it's yeah it's I mean, John Cena has been in other things where he does pretty good, but this is where you where you actually get to see him be like really uh, flex himself as an actor. Yeah, there's a there. Yeah, uh, I, I if you have 
Well, you should probably watch The Suicide Squad if you have not watched The Suicide Squad. But if you have watched The Suicide Squad and you have access to HBO Max, go watch the show. There, There is some relevance like to The Suicide Squad movie that it's not hugely important. If you didn't watch it, it won't like be the end of the world. But but you should kind of watch it because there's a there's a flashbacks to things that happened in it that are uh, that they just give a little more depth. Yeah. And I say that more so like because Peacemaker in a way spoils the events of the Suicide Squad. So if you want to if you want to watch that movie unspoiled, then you don't want to watch Peacemaker first. Yeah. So but uh, to put it simply, it's a good show. One one small criticism I have uh, without getting any kind of specific is that I think the first half of Peacemaker is better than the last half of it. Um, I, but I mean, like that's, you know, it's hard to say what in specific that even is. So, but nonetheless, it's still good all the way through. Very much so. All right. So so, the only real question you have to ask yourself with Peacemaker though, is do you really want to taste it? (coughs) And the answer is yes, you do want to taste it. Watch the show and you'll get what I'm talking about. Yeah. All right. So, uh, let's move on to something else uh, do you have uh, anything in particular because peacemaker for me is like the big thing that i've wanted to like i i just wanted people to watch it it's it's straight up a 10 out of 10 show um well let's see what let's uh jump to a movie that both of us saw um that's still in theaters uh so people might have the chance of actually catching it if you listen to this uncharted um my personal opinion was uh while there are some like moments that are like, I had a lot of like small nitpicky things in there, but in general, um, it's a good movie. It's really solid. Uh, it's, it's entertaining. I think it honors the game very well. That's based upon. And, uh, like for in the genre of video game movies, um, it's, it's actually decent, which they have a pretty big reputation for always being bad. Um, this one is not, yeah, it's certainly among the better ones I've seen. It's not the best. It's, Definitely not the worst. Yeah. Uh, Tom Holland, like I, I I'm was firmly in the camp of Tom Holland seems miscast as Nathan Drake and Mark Wahlberg seems miscast as a, uh, is it Sully? Sully. Yeah. Uh, they both seemed miscast. Apparently Mark Wahlberg at one point was going to be Nathan Drake. And if he was younger, that makes perfect sense. Yes. Yeah. Younger Mark Wahlberg actually would have been a much better Nathan Drake. And I even heard the like that they kind of are playing the similar characters. Like he's not playing Sully; he's playing old Nathan Drake, kind of. Right. Yeah. Um, but even despite that, there's. I mean, to say some criticisms up front uh, is that one. There's humor in it, and some of it lands, but some of it just doesn't really. It's like kind of forced. It's you know. Uh, and I don't know if that's like a failure of the acting or the portrayal or just of the writing. I, yeah, like I think, I think the cast brings out more in parts of the script and stuff that are weak. And here's the thing. I, I appreciate you bringing it up while the movie is in theaters, because I feel like this movie is serviced by seeing it on a big screen because there is like spectacle, particularly at the end, Mm -hmm. like the, like the final, like sort of big set piece thing is just so ridiculous. And so over the top kind of thing Mm -hmm. that if you weren't watching it on the big screen, I think you lose something. Yeah. And the effects of that scene are really well done. Yeah. 
absolutely. Um, but it's it's even with uh, any criticisms that I might have, which they're again, I'm not going to go through any of them, but there's a ton of small nitpicks where I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Um, but if you just get over those things, I mean, and just accept, hey, this is a movie, you know, uh, it's, this is it's, a this is a video game. <laughs> it, it, yeah, this is a video game being portrayed in a movie form. So uh, there's it's there's decent action. There's some good humor. Um, the story makes sense. It's not, it doesn't actually like it, it all kind of runs in the way it should. And, uh, yeah, it's just overall pretty good. Like it's like, um, I, what did we give it when I, I can't remember. I think, did I say it was a B or a B minus? Oh uh, yeah. I, I think it was like a solid B. It's like a, yeah, it's uh, just squarely in the B range. Yeah. Okay. Probably served better to actually watch it in theater. So if you have the chance and, uh, want to see something, that's, that's a good choice for theater watch. All right. So next. Oh. I'm sorry. Uh, I just want to go back. We didn't give a letter rating to Peacemaker, and Peacemaker is... Uh, I said 10 out of 10. It's an A+. Plus for yeah, me. I, I'm going to say A, because there's, like, in the latter half of the show, there's some things that, like, maybe aren't, like, super clean as far as story goes, but it's still an A. It's, like, just really good. So Yeah. Uh, so, moving on to another thing that is in theaters. In fact, uh, recording this at like literally just came out at the sort of tail end of the winter season. Uh, a movie called X, which is a, a sort of uh, erotic slasher is how Wikipedia defines it. And it details, it, it shows uh, a group of uh, people going out to this sort of uh, ranch house place boarding home on this old couple's property in Texas so that they can shoot a porno and they want to cause they, and they want to make a great porno, like the kind that'll like make them all big stars and stuff. And they shoot the porno and they're doing it in secrecy. They're trying not to let the old couple know cause they don't want them to like, you know, get like upset about them doing this. And they, they do the filming. Everyone has, fun, sexy stuff, stuff happens. And then at the turn of the night, it becomes like a, uh, a bloodbath. <laughs> and it's just a, it, it's very reminiscent of like that era, the seventies era. Cause this movie is set like in 1979 in Texas. And it's very reminiscent of that era of horror movies I, I you get a lot of texas chainsaw massacre in particular but there's like a lot of like little nods and references to older classic movies some hitchcock elements and stuff and i just found it to be like a really like suspenseful time like it it, it effectively elicits the intended emotions and tensions where it expects the audience to have those reactions and if you like horror if you like slasher type movies this is one to go see we don't like horror can be quite hit or miss and i think that this is a definitely one of higher quality okay yeah i'm not big on um horrors and slashers in general but like if they're actually like decent i do consider them um Kind of coming right off of a horror slasher one. This is like a small one I want to mention. I, I just happened to watch this movie called No Exit on Hulu. The reason I did actually end up watching it um, was I watched it with uh, my lady. And she really um, 
she basically said this one's it's it's set in Tahoe, but the main protagonist like comes from Sacramento, so it's kind of like whoa, hey Sacramento, <laughs> we live here. Uh, there's a little bit of that, but it's set just up in Tahoe, you know, pretty close by, uh, and it's. Uh, you know, I'm not super keen on horrors and slashers and and what suspense movies. Um, this has some good elements. I think for people that like them, they might enjoy this. I've got some nitpicks about it. What did Emily think? She thought it was. Re- she watched it uh, almost all the way the first time and thought it was really great. And then when she watched it again with me, uh, thought that it was like maybe had a lower opinion of it on her second watch. Um, so. I want to I want to say the main protagonist does a good job acting, um, but, you know, there's there's parts of it that kind of fall apart a little bit, um, but it's it's OK. Uh, again, my I have a little bit of a bias because I don't really enjoy those movies quite as much, but I would give it like a C plus. Um, it was serviceable. Like, I, you know, I wouldn't say it's like a definitely go watch it. But I mean, if you I mean, if you. If you're looking, if you like those kind of movies, you probably might enjoy this one. So. Yeah, and if it's on streaming, makes it easy to watch. So while we're on the ball of poor slasher, there's one more I want to talk about, and that's Scream, uh, the most recent entry in the franchise. And I, I'll, I'll admit that I think I have a higher opinion of Scream maybe than most people do, because I think the original Scream movie is like arguably. Maybe not the best slasher film, but it's like up there. I think it's like legitimately one of the best horror movies ever. And I think every sequel to that movie has been a good movie, has been a solid like horror movie, even Scream 4. Uh, And this new Scream movie is no exception. It's easily the bloodiest and goriest of any of the Scream movies. And it's also even more like meta and referential than the than the movies prior to it one of the most interesting things i found about the movie is that it really had commentary on the last jedi for some reason uh like yeah it because because it references in the scream universe there are uh i can't remember what the stab the stab movies are basically the movies in the scream universe telling the story of the scream, the actual killings in scream. And there's reference of stab seven or stab eight or something. And it's very clearly like parallel, a parallel of like the discourse around the last Jedi. (laughs) Wow. Interesting. Uh, Yeah. That's Okay, that's that's kind and, of funny, and, like and 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 it plays into a reveal late into the movie, which I don't like. Part of the fun of the movies is you want to guess the killers, and this is one of those, and it's one of the things where it's like, can you guess who the killer, maybe killers, who knows, uh, are? Prior to like the reveal, yeah, but you do find yourself like, well, maybe it's not, maybe, maybe it's this. Yeah. You keep yourself guessing Mm -hmm. the people you expect to die. Aren't necessarily the people who end up dying. So yeah, it's just a, it, I I recommend all the screen movies. If you like, if you like the other screen movies, this is another good one. I mean, I watched the original screen movie and I might've seen some of like two or three, but you know, yeah, I I don't really follow those movies that much. Um, but, maybe I, I again I like time, if, I if slashers aren't your thing then don't yeah don't bother 
Yeah, um, and this movie does service you to have watched the other movies. Right, right. Well, I'm certainly not going to watch the other one, so I probably won't watch this one either. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to. It's not everything is for everyone. So, I mean, unless you have any more uh, horror ones to talk on, I, I no. Like I said, that was my last one. All right. Uh, well, maybe I guess in the in the theme of death, though, we can uh, talk about one that I I enjoyed a good bit because it's really my kind of movie. With uh, Death on the Nile. Yeah, it's a I. I never saw uh, Murder on the Orient Express, but the watching Death on the Nile did kind of make me want to go back to watch it. Uh, you don't need to watch that just for anybody that knows. You do not need to watch that one. They're not like interconnected. In no, yeah, I, I watched Death on the Nile without and it all made sense to me. The only thing I think there is a side character that is introduced or that exists in the other movie that like has an impact on this movie that. I felt lost because I did not know if it was a character that I was supposed to know already. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I would say of the two movies, I think murder on the Orient express was better. Um, but this movie for me, I just like sort of a detective noir mystery, uh, you know, kind of movie. And so this really just hit the right buttons for me. The aesthetic is nice. Um, I think uh, the acting is mostly good, but there's some like questionable performances maybe. It, it, I I can see feeling that way, and this is one of those like star-studded cast. Like everyone, like pretty much everyone in it is someone you could recognize from something else. And like I kind of, I'm I'm a fan of most of the people in it. Mm -hmm. It's this weird thing though, where this movie got pushed back a lot because of controversy around some of the the stars in it, particularly Army Hammer, who. Like if you don't know controversy around him, you can Google it. Uh, it, it, yeah, touchy sort of thing there. But uh, Gal Gadot, like, as, as she's great. Yeah, playing up exactly who you want her to be. She's just like, she's just delightful to like hear speak and watch. Yeah, be on screen. Yeah, she's great. Um, Hercule, Hercule Poirot, Kenneth yeah. Branagh, director, star of the movies, mm -hmm. both of them. Uh, yeah, he's just a talented, like, he's just a, like, sort of virtuoso kind of guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've not, I, I plan to watch Belfast this week and we're going to talk about it for the Oscars thing, but Belfast is the story of his, uh, loosely based on his own yeah. childhood you you brought it up in your it was one of your top movies of last year so yeah um but yeah it's a good movie i really enjoyed it so i kind of maybe i might uh it's the kind of movie i like so i probably rate it higher than some if uh it, it and here's the thing is that i i like mystery sort of movies like this where they maybe give you enough of the um they give you enough clues to maybe figure it out without being too explicit this movie, in my opinion, is a little, it's like the murder on the Orient Express is, you could guess it, but it's, I think it's way more difficult. This one is, I, I pretty much had it figured out, like, as soon as like, uh, an inciting event happened, I knew who, what, what was the plot already. I knew, I knew part of it, but I was still surprised at like how it went down. Yeah. And they do enough things to kind of throw you off the trail too, to actually deflect what maybe even your initial guess is. So I think it's pretty well done. These movies are hard to do. I mean, it's, it's not easy to write a, a mystery that can be portrayed on film 
and still keep people like give people enough clues to maybe guess it, but not give it away. So I think it's really well done and I enjoy it. I would recommend it. I give it a, uh, uh, an A minus. Yeah. I'd probably be more in the B range, but that's just like, like on the technique, like, cause it, it's a very glossy stylized Mm -hmm. movie, which like works, but it also like it. Yeah. It, it, it keeps a bit of a distance for me. Uh, I think of like the Sherlock Holmes movie with Robert Downey Jr. is kind of like like an ideal sort of like detective mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, except I love that movie, but I also don't think it's like a you can f- f- at the end. It's like Sherlock Holmes has to have a bunch of insights to that are revealed to figure it all out. That's valid. Yeah, like that movie is not really where you can actually guess what's going on until he reveals the things that he knows because he has special insight. This movie is like everything you need to know is pretty much on screen. Um, so, but nonetheless, good right. movie. I would recommend moving on uh, again. Like you, you brought up the theme of death. Uh, this is sort of a loose transition, but going back to TV, there's this little show that I watched recently called the boys presents diabolical which is a little animated anthology series uh, in the universe of the boys. And it follows like sort of ancillary characters within the universe of the boys. Some characters that have been in the show already uh, in some that don't exist in the show at all. And it's all animated, different animation styles, each episode, different plots. And it's just like sort of, one, it's fascinating to get this broader look at the universe of the show and these characters, but it's also just like entertaining. And like the first episode is a sort of silent, like uh, Looney Tunes esque era thing where like n- nobody talks and it's sort of like following a baby like getting into situations where it could harm itself and like inadvertently like like making it through stuff kind of like in the vein of the dog that follows the cat around that, that old like Looney Tunes cartoon. And that's just the first episode, but it's all, all the episodes are also horrifically violent, like the boys. And like, if you like the show, the boys, I feel like this is kind of required viewing. It's there are episodes where it straight up feels like, okay, this is like the boys meet, invincible which are already very similar shows but yeah if you like both of those shows then this i feel is like a must watch and there are things in this that i think are going to tie into the next season of the boys to come this year okay are the you said they're anthologies are they interconnected at all like do they do they either have could i watch one independent of all the other ones yes like the the episodes themselves have nothing to do with each other other than yeah, no, yeah, there's really nothing that connects them. Okay, cool. Well, that's I either mean, than they are in the same universe. I'll I'll probably watch them all because I definitely want to. If there's any maybe tie-ins to the new season of the boys, I want to catch that. Yeah. Um, this is not a movie or this is not a TV show. I again, we're just still on this theme of death, sort of. So I guess I, you know, <laughs> I, I'm just gonna move to a show that's like that. I'm only gonna comment on this really quickly. There's a show I've been watching on HBO Max called, called Our Flag Means Death. It is loosely based on the adventures of Stade Bonnet, the gentleman pirate. It has a uh, a notable cast of uh, 
funny actors, uh, including, I mean, I can't even really name necessarily all the ones that are in it. You'll recognize some of them. What, one guy I can I can mention uh, where you know that he's from something is uh, Hodor. The guy that plays Hodor oh. is he's just one of the the crew of this uh, uh, ship. Big tall guy, and and it's got some funny stuff. But I will say that it's I, I'm I'm kind of waiting to see it move on a little bit because some of the funny stuff is like it doesn't hit very well, but some of it is pretty amusing. So I'm How, only like three episodes in right now. Is the whole season out or I think it's a. a I'm not sure. I think the whole season might have been out. I think they might have dropped it all. Um, there's at least three episodes. To well, yeah, you, okay. So you just haven't watched yeah. it all yet. Might all be right. worth a watch, um, though. So far, if uh, you know, I think I I like stuff about it that makes me want to keep watching it, but it might not work for everybody. Okay. Um, okay. So again, maybe stretching the whole <laughs> death and pain dynamic. Uh, yeah, theme. I guess when, the, yeah. the winter reviews, basically the, the death themed, uh, you know, movie review. I don't know. Well, this one's not death. This is getting more into like, uh, just pain. Uh, jackass forever. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I can sum this movie up in two words, penis mutilation, <laughs> cock and ball torture. Yeah. It's, uh, honestly, it's still, if you like jackass, this movie's still funny. And there's a good half of the movie that isn't penises. Uh, Half might be generous, though. A third. Yeah, a third. Uh, But a larger majority of this movie is has something to do with penises and balls. Just um, so if you are some if your sensibilities are offended by that, then you might not want to watch this one. Uh, But if you like the other Jackass movies, this is another one and it's kind of it kind of lives up to what you would expect like they're 10 years removed from the last one and it's they're 10 years older like pushing 50 for some of them yeah and we don't have we don't even have the full original jackass cast because of reasons yeah reasons um but it's still pretty good it was actually still I, I was yeah. laughing out loud in the theater. I like the people that they added in. The celebrity cameos were all fun and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was laughing out loud. I was also cringing a lot, like feeling literal pain in my body. Oh, yeah. I, I, I was I was like writhing in my seat like, ooh, ooh, mm, no. Yeah. So um, that's pretty much all that needs to be said about that movie, though. It's pretty good. If you like Jackass, go take a look. Might not need to watch it on the big screen. Doesn't really add anything to what's happening. I mean, I, I see. I don't know if it's still in theaters, but yeah, I like if you like Jackass, it would. I think it was worth it. The wait, like it, the fact that the movie won you over after all those trailers you saw that made you not want to watch oh, it. Oh, yeah, that's a that's a pretty key thing to say. I they played so many trailers of it every time I watched uh, even sometimes multiple times they would play the trailer twice before a movie started. I had to watch so many of that trailer that I actually like almost didn't even want to go watch it. It like annoyed me how many times I had to see that trailer. Um, But I was like, you know, I got over it and went and saw it and was still, yeah, it was, you know, it's jackass, man. If you like jackass when you're younger, you'll probably like this too. So, yeah. Um, Well, in the, uh, in the vein of, um, I don't know, absurdity and hilarity i want to talk about a tv show that i i find i i enjoy uh quite a bit um and it's it has its season two that came out a few weeks ago i mean they just uh, i think it's 
been about two or three weeks since their the finale of this season came out. It's on HBO Max, Righteous Gemstones, which has um uh Danny it, McBride. Yeah, Danny McBride and John Goodman, uh, and uh Adam Adam Devine. Was that Adam Devine, yeah, from yeah. Workaholics. And uh and then basically it's Danny McBride in a Danny McBride show. If you've seen um his uh Vice Principles uh Eastbound and Down. Yeah, Eastbound and Down. It's it's very much the same kind of humor. He's not like the main character necessarily um in this one, but he is obviously a feature character. But a lot of the other people get their own screen time um and and stuff. And this show is it is a it's mostly absurd hilarity, which um is sometimes just totally absurd, but sometimes it's actually just like genuinely funny. And and the whole thing's a little so over the top that it's not it's not over the top in the way that makes it like bad. It's over the top in the way that makes it actually still good. It's intentionally over the top. Like it's not the show isn't taking itself too seriously. Um, but still actually, and I mean, it still has a decent sort of plot going on. Uh, in this second season, there's kind of like a mystery sort of going on that I was trying to figure out. And so some ways it engaged my mind a little more. Um, but there's just lots of like funny, weird little, you know, stupid things. Oh, and to say the, the general plot of it is it's about a family of superstar. Uh, what, what is it? Uh, preachers. Oh yeah, like they are like the the most popular preachers, um, like you know, televangelists. Like, yeah, televangelists. I guess that's that's the word for them, right? Um, like on they have their own they have their own uh, gemstone streaming service. Uh, okay, yeah, and they have you know the mega churches, and they're basically in this canon the most popular one. I, I I've heard the name of this show like put around, and I never knew what it was about. You telling me that makes me more interested in it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty amusing. So I, I would recommend people check it out. Um, maybe if you don't like, what's it on? Is it HBO? Or? Yeah, it's on HBO Max. Okay. Um, and second season's out. So uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, if you don't like Danny McBride style hilarity, uh, then you might not like this. But I yeah, I think it's still good and worth watching. All right, kind of in the absurdism vein. Uh. There has been a new Medea movie that came out uh, just, uh, I think, about a month ago at this point, a Medea Homecoming. And I've really grown to like appreciate the the Medea movies. Sometimes they're just straight up bad. Like uh, the, the there there were two Boo and Medea Halloweens. The first one, I think, was a good, funny movie. The second one was just straight up bad. And so Tyler Perry can be quite hit or miss with these uh, uh, Medea movies. But I think this one definitely falls in the range of good, better on those movies because it, it, in the vein that all these movies sort of have like serious plot lines and undercurrents to them, like like there is I think Medea goes to jail is the one where a girl was like, you know, like assaulted as like a child or something. And so messed up stuff happens in these movies. But I feel like this is one of the more tamer ones in terms of like the drama going on. While also being kind of the most ridiculous in terms of like stuff that gets revealed in terms of like what's happening, like with the family and the plot that's going on. And it also has this weird flashback sequence of Medea in like 
the 1960s black and white stylized housewife thing that's just set in the middle of this movie and kind of doesn't really like it just kind of like changes the movie for like a good like maybe like five or six minutes to like go on this little adventure with Medea in the 60s and it's just like one of it's just such a delightful thing to watch and it's so weird and and then there's also a credit sequence of Medea performing a song and it's just it's very delightful it's very campy like funny but also like this sort of wholesome thing like you leave the movie feeling good for me and it's streaming on Netflix like who doesn't have Netflix it, it's just like if you like the Medea movies this is definitely like one to watch yeah I actually might want to check that out then yeah. I, I have enjoyed Medea movies, so but I, but it's also a movie where I'm never like rushing to the theater to watch it, or like I'm never like oh my god, a Medea movie's out. But like I always like them. They're always uh, not only they can be very compelling with the stories they tell, uh, the 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 serious subject, but also hilarious. So I I I don't like giving away jokes, but there's a very early bit in the movie where uh, Mr. Brown from like the the Meet the Brown show uh, catches on fire and Medea. Fills up a cup of water, walks outside, and uses the cup of water to put out her burning plant. Well. <laughs> like, you caught my tree on fire, Brown. <laughs> um, all right, yeah, well, let's see. Uh, I guess, what can we move on to? Maybe, uh, maybe we talk about Cyrano? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cyrano. Uh, it's a musical uh adaptation of a i think it's a i don't know if it's a play or a a, a book it's got no it's a play so it's, cyrano is the musical version of i think an older play yes and uh the old the old the, the basic plot of it is a uh a a man who finds himself to be very uh unattractive because in the original play cyrano i did read this small thing is that it was because he had a huge nose in this one, it's because it, uh, he's portrayed by uh, Peter Dinklage, and he's a midget. Uh, but he, he, the person himself, is like a very intelligent, uh, he, uh, very well-spoken, great vocabulary, a, a poet, an artist, uh, but also a soldier, a warrior. Um, loves a woman, but does not think he can be loved because of his deformity, right? And yeah. In the movie, we see uh, because he's a midget. Um, and... She uh, sort of has a love at first sight of a, you know, man, and he helps facilitate this through his own uh, writing, uh, writing these letters to him, facilitate uh, the growing of their love when in reality it's, you know, his words that are that she's falling in love with. And so it's just a, it's an interesting uh, sort of plot and uh, I think very compelling. And if you like musicals, I think this has some really great musical numbers. It, it it's it's a weird kind of movie where like a lot of the music feel if it, it, it plays very like low key almost like there's like songs that are like sweeping but like aside from one song towards the end of the movie which is very much the highlight of the film mm -hmm. and you'll kind of know it when you see it uh it, it takes it has to do with soldiers and it is very much the whole highlight of the movie it's the best song in the movie yeah but a lot of the other songs are like 
like like they'll have scale to them like they'll have a bunch of people dancing and stuff but the song itself doesn't like have this sort of epicness that you might expect from like a movie like an extravagant movie musical but that's not a bad thing I, honestly I, I like it it actually makes me like it more because sometimes musicals are meant to be where it's like almost over the top like you just completely like we know that a th- there's some action going on but like it basically everybody in the movie ignores that they're in a musical for a moment and completely break out in song and stop what they're doing to like dance and jump on tables and all kinds of crazy stuff here it's woven into what's what's happening and it makes i mean it makes sense it, it could just be these people are, are really just speaking but also in uh you know lyrical song yeah um and so i i think it's really good it was like an a minus movie for me and uh peter dinklage always a minus maybe even an a movie actually uh i i don't have a lot of criticism for it really so but it's it's hard for me to always give an a plus but yeah it's like an this is an a maybe even better movie yeah and peter dinklage yeah absolute fucking phenomenal actor just i mean whatever he's in basically yeah he elevates pretty much everything he's in even elf even Elf. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's move on to. Uh, oh, this is kind of a big one that I probably shouldn't bring up. Uh, Disney Pixar's newest release, uh, Turning Red, uh, straight to Disney Plus, And it's uh, delightful. It's very cute. It is it the best Pixar movie? No, we can't really expect every Pixar movie to be like the Pixar gold standard AA plus, 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 but it, it's a solid movie. It's fun. It's cute. It feels unique in the Pixar pantheon of movies. It's, uh, it kind of goes places that I don't expect it to go. And it just feels, it feels very like modern, like in the way it's, it has Similar vibes, I would say, to Encanto, with the exception that this movie is set a little more like present, like oh, it feels a little more modern. Like Encanto isn't necessarily not modern, but like because of where their setting is, like you don't get technology and stuff and you get like the magic and stuff. Whereas this movie set in like uh, weirdly enough, like early 2000s Toronto which is also an interesting choice of the movie too, because I believe like the director of the film or the writer of the film, like was this age in the early two thousands. And so that's why it's set this at this time. And it very much is in the vibe and feel of that time. Whereas also being modern, sensible to like 2022. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. I don't know. I've actually, I actually I was catching a little flick of it uh, when, when somebody else was watching it and it looks actually pretty decent, but I don't know that I'm going to spend the time to watch it. Here's the thing I will say when I started watching it, it kind of comes like very hard, I'd say. Like it's very much in that uh, stylized graphics popping up, fast talking stuff happens, action, action, like movement, movement, like very much like grab your attention kind of thing. And I was like. And it went on for quite a while of that kind of style. And I was like, this is beginning to be a bit too much, but it starts to sort of peel that stuff back. Like like a good comparison. I found that this movie felt very much in the vein of 
like an animated kind of Scott Pilgrim versus the world style where you'll just be, he'll just be walking around and like stuff is happening that like sort of accentuates the things that are happening at least early on. Another movie you could compare it to is the Mitchells versus the machines last year, which in that vein, I think this movie in general is probably most inspired by like into the spider verse in terms of like, like some of the visual style while not being quite as fantastic as that movie. Like it's sort of like the more like formalistic elements of the film that make it like sort of more flashy and poppy. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. What's your letter rating for it? Uh, probably a minus B. Yeah. A minus I'd say. Cause it is, it, it is just like a solid like film and like the themes and like the lessons of it. And uh, turning red, this movie is, in many ways, allegories for puberty, particularly one of a teenage girl. Uh, and they don't shy away from something that happens to teenage girls that does not get talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. And they just sort of address that girls get periods and like her mom offers her pads and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I did actually see that scene. That was one of the things I saw. Yeah. Um, and it's the kind of thing where it's like, I've never seen that in a Disney movie before, but then you start to think about it. I'm like, why isn't that just a thing? Like it's a thing that happens to people Mm -hmm. and like, yeah, it's kind of messed up like that. You don't like little kids don't get to like, see like, Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. They're like, Oh my God, don't expose them to uh, a fact of life. You know? Yeah. Something that's going to happen to you. Yeah. So I, I, I will say that I appreciate, I'm, you know, I think those are things that are, you know, women, late young ladies should be exposed. First to Pixar like movie directed by a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, main characters and like a like a Chinese Canadian girl. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, just it's yeah. yeah. I'm ha- it's a good thing that this movie was made. Right on. Uh, if you don't mind, I'm gonna run through like four TV shows relatively quickly. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, first one I have actually I barely saw. I literally only saw like portions of episodes, but um, from like just from what I saw and from what I heard, like basically regurgitated to me about it. Dope Sick on Hulu uh, is basically a maybe a dramatized but relatively accurate tell, um, a portrayal of how one family basically started the opioid crisis. Oh, the, is this that's the one about the. Um, uh... Uh, what's their name? I, uh, I can't remember um, this. The, the stat. I can't remember what the name of the company is and stuff. But Dope Sick basically, it's, it's there was one company that made OxyContin and then sold it to everybody and literally did everything they could to just push that drug. And even though it was like quickly becoming apparent that it was destroying people's health and communities, um, and yeah, how they just avoided basically getting in trouble or anything happening to them at all. Yeah, and they're still rich and wealthy. Yeah, yeah. so it will. It is revealing and uh, uh will probably outrage some people you'll be like what the you know how did these things get a, how did they get away with these things in some ways so uh there's that pam and tommy also on hulu it's about pamela anderson and tommy lee jones of their sex tape being released um uh sebastian stan is a uh, tommy lee jones right yeah and i think he does a great job like it's not like i know a lot about how tommy lee jones is supposed to act but like i i 
completely forget that he's Sebastian Stan, right? You're like, oh yeah, Winter Soldier, and you know, so but like, no, man, he is like in that role so well. And he, it, it, he, I, I heard he had to do like a physical sort of transformation to like make himself as skinny oh. as Tommy Lee Jones. Was. Oh yeah, like I think I don't know if you ever see him uh, with his shirt off like in any of the Marvel movies or anything, but like you can see he has like bulk, like like real like solid muscle in the Winter Soldier and uh, Captain, uh, not, not Falcon and Winter Soldier. When yeah. you see him portray, like he he has like some some uh, bulk to him. He's hella skinny in this. Like he yeah. definitely like he, but he's very like it's like lean skinny, not like sickly or anything. Um. So and honestly, it's it's pretty entertaining. Also, um, uh, Seth Rogen's in it. Uh, he he produced it, and it's pretty entertaining and a little bit uh, again also revealing about kind of maybe the background. I, I haven't finished it. I'm about halfway through it. I I'm not like super stuck on watching it, but it's been something I have watched. And it's just it's it's a pretty good show. It, it it has sounded good to me. The one thing that has kept me like iffy on wanting to watch it is that I have heard that uh, Pamela Anderson does did not really greenlight it, did mm-hmm. not really want it. Like she would have rather been involved in it or maybe not have it happen at all. I did hear that also, and so in some ways, uh, I, I you know there's like a I, I've I, I've heard that the show tries to play her side but it's still not what she wanted so yeah yeah i i do i would say it does definitely like kind of give her side a little more it makes you it makes me actually a little more empathetic to it right i was i was like a kid when this happened but i do remember it being a thing yeah um and you see how like i mean the other thing that they're portraying is how it actually revolutionized things almost like how this was like a big change of like the almost the world and how things were it's easy to to think about like the kim kardashian sex tape and be like oh like people a lot of people believe that that was like intentionally leaked and so it's easy to sort of write that off as like that's the thing that happened with all of those sex tapes but no the pamela and tommy thing was just a straight up invasion of their privacy and like really messed up straight up and it portrays like this guy that in some ways you almost think the guy was justified but like not though Definitely no, not. Yeah, like just, he straight up like went and he he did a thing he shouldn't have done. Um, but there's that. It's actually pretty good and entertaining. Um, I feel like there's a little bit of a revealing. If you can assume that most of these events are semi-true. Um, two other shows, very similar-ish shows, but I have totally different uh, reviews about them. The Last Kingdom, the fifth season of it, right? The Last Kingdom is basically um, it's uh, the it, it follows a man Uhtred, son of Uhtred. Uh, or Uhtred Ragnarsson. Basically, it's it's a kid who was supposed to be the lord of a certain area of uh, the early, um, you know, early centuries uh, England, right? When, when it was broken up into multiple things, uh, the Danes, Vikings came, invaded, basically, uh, like, stole him, like, took took him, and but adopted him as a son, raised him in their culture, and how all the seasons are basically him trying to reclaim his rightful birthplace, which is like to be the Lord of the Northern, uh, you know, portions of the thing, but he just has to continue serving other Kings and other purposes and whatnot. And the show kind of has like you, if you watch all the seasons, it has like a formula for like what happens every season. It's almost always the same kind of thing, just different actors in different places, but it is very entertaining. I've, and I found the main character Uhtred to be like, uh, charming and likable and you run a route for him and stuff. And, uh, you know, if you like any kind of shows like that in general, like, you know, that, that sort of setting, um, this is a, a pretty good one. The fifth season came out, ends everything basically exactly as you would kind of hope. Um, and pretty solid show. Yeah. Enjoyed it. Another one that's on net. This is on Netflix. 
another one's also on Netflix in a similar vein is Vikings Valhalla. So it's like, it is a, however many years um, past the end of Vikings on Amazon. Uh, and it's not, not very good. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, it's not, it's not like really bad, but the, the thing about Vikings, I think that also had five or six seasons. First half, first three or four seasons of Vikings are really good. Basically, you know, something happens at a certain point in one of the later seasons. And that's maybe what most people would say is a mark of its down trend, the, that original Vikings, but it ends. Okay. Like the last seasons are all they're They're fair. They're all right. Yeah. They're not great. Um, this kind of tries to like jump right into it. I, I don't know. I'm finding myself not even wanting to finish it. I'm like almost halfway or a little over halfway through it. And I'm just, they, they kind of like try to get you to like, you know, connect with these characters like very quickly and immediately. And I just find myself being like, I don't care about any of these things. Like, I don't care about these people. You did not take enough time for me to care about these characters and what happens to them. Like there's one character that's kind of like, there's one or two characters that actually feel like I'm like, okay, cool. I want to see this guy succeed, but it's, a, and it's just constant, like almost betrayal and backstabbing and nobody's on anybody's side or loyal except for like the one main protagonist guy it's it's there's they don't give me any time to like like or care about any of these things that are happening so it they're not doing it very well i think they're trying to ride this old success like give people what they want like oh people probably want more vikings they need to do better i i almost don't want to finish the season so i would if you really liked vikings uh you might want to give it a try but also if you didn't really like vikings it's probably not even worth it go watch all of last kingdom before you watch this gotcha all right so uh, how much more do you have? Uh, I, oh, well, I have one other TV show that I need to make comments on. I knew you, yeah, we well, were going to need to bring this up. This one's been out for a while. It's it's already done and over, but the, the inaugural season of the Wheel of Time series, I think uh, this is based on Robert Jordan's best-selling novel series of like 13 books, thick books that I've read half of, not all of them, but I've read the first uh, six books. Uh, it is a very, it's an awesome series that, I mean, it's a successor, not a successor, but it is, you know, he took his original inspiration from Lord of the Rings. Uh, he started writing his books some years after Lord of the Rings was already out and popular, but like in the, I think early nineties. Um, and it's a, I mean, many people consider it like their favorite, uh, book series. Um, there's some books that are better and worse, yada, yada, but Amazon prime had a huge budget to do this first season. The first season is based on the first book. And uh, as a book reader, having read the book, so there's some bias here. I was not very happy with this first season. I, I've expressed many opinions to my brother about it. Um, when I was watching it, how I was, I was a little bit outraged. Or like, you know, I was trying to give it the best chance. I watched multiple reviews on YouTube by, you know, people that also read the books. Some of them, uh, you know, are a little more forgiving. Some are just more, you know, accurate and some are, are uh, damning. Some of them are like, this is terrible. This is awful. And there are some specific moments in this show that really like hurt it a lot. Um, uh, just strange decisions by the writers. Just like world building stuff that you've told me that just sort of like breaks the mechanics of the universe. They are trying to take what is a, a you know, there's a lot of world building they have to do to set this, uh, the series up. Totally understandable. Um, but they do for having only a limited amount of time to get everything they need to across, they waste an entire episode and a half on something that's so 
not that important that I question how they could say they didn't, how they could make it that they didn't have enough time to get enough stuff across when they spent so much time just to do one thing that didn't have in the book. It's they, they put this in artificially to, I know, teach us and show us something, but like, it's, it's really just a waste is one thing I'm upset about. Um, but there's, I'm not going to get into all the things that I'm upset about. However, as a book reader, I was not very happy with this first season. I hope, I I think it did well enough that they're going to do a season two. And I really hope that it, the season two will redeem the things I didn't like about season one, but overall I have a negative opinion of this first season. Uh, if I had to give it a, a, um, uh, letter grade, I would say like a C plus. I think for someone that hasn't seen the book, you might still enjoy it. Um, I haven't gotten, I, I'd like to hear more opinions from people that haven't read the books and have opinions on it or anything. Hey, in the comments below, you can say more things here. If, if there's enough interest, I mean, I'll, I'll do a whole thing where I write down or I, I say everything I don't like about that, you know, series, but there's probably, there's already a bunch of ones on YouTube. So my opinion won't, will just echo probably what I've a lot of them say. All right. So I definitely had to mention that. All right. Do you have anything else? Um, quick ones. Uh, Matrix, uh, the, the the new Matrix movie that came out like in December. I thought it was all right. Yeah. I I, I mean, I think uh, it, it had some harsh reviews, but I, I actually thought it was pretty cool. Um, and The Kingsman. Um, Kingsman was also pretty good. I I didn't. There are certain things that uh, I that movie has a has a similar thing, a symptom of uh, Boba Fett, and I think I mentioned this in Boba Fett, which is that. It looks like the writers had a lot of cool ideas and then they loosely strung them together with the story to yeah. just see a bunch of cool things happen as opposed to having a solid story uh, that in so some ways it breaks down story wise. But, you know, still cool stuff to watch. It was cool to watch it in theaters for some big action scenes. And yeah, that's pretty much all the things I can talk about. There's one more thing I would like to address. Uh, actually, maybe two things, but uh, OK, so. So RuPaul's Drag Race is a show franchise that I'm quite a fan of at this point. Uh, and recently we've had uh, two seasons go on. Uh, the 14th season of the main show, RuPaul's Drag Race, the U.S. version, which has been going quite swimmingly. It's one of the best seasons I've seen in a like one it, it, it so far. I think it's one of the best seasons of the show. It is still ongoing at this point. But uh, yeah, lots of fun, drama, all that sort of stuff. And then there was also an iteration of the show going on for a little while called UK versus the World, which is like a sort of all-stars thing, taking queens from the different countries and putting them all together in one thing. And that uh, was only like six episodes and was pretty short. And in a lot of ways was just sort of underwhelming, not like really not what it could have been, which was disappointing. But if you like the franchise, still worth the watch. But yeah, uh, drag race. Is that like where they like have weighted sleds and they like pull them across fields? No, it's where uh, usually men, some women uh, dress up in sort of like very like dress up usually like women sometimes they're not dressing like women sometimes they're dressing like creatures and stuff and yeah it's all it's 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 super fucking gay yeah <laughs> ostentatious might be a, a more pc term right it's super fucking gay <laughs> <laughs> 
or sometimes it's super fucking trans, but largely just gay, gay, gay. Yeah. Okay, cool. I mean, though season 14 of Drag Race had the first ever cis male straight drag queen. So right on. Yeah. Orchid. Equal opportunity. Yeah. Madeline Morphosis. Cool. Yeah. Well, I I really like Drag Race. Uh, uh, Not enough people I know watch it. So that's unfortunate for me. I just don't really care for reality shows in general. Like, I mean, no matter what the content is, they just all fail to, uh, you know for me to, to capture my attention i i just feel like they're all like wastes of time which i hey, i understand people are entertained by them that's the whole point and i know that it's not a waste of time for everybody everybody likes their own entertainment but i don't know like i like to see some kind of like compelling stories or i don't know just whatever like it's yeah hard like for me to like, do. like getting your penis mutilated <laughs> that is that is basically like watching a comedy show okay so that's Dr- drag race is watching a comedy show like yeah. like here here's the thing like in comparison to other reality shows like drag race has like these people like generally speaking through the course of a season these people get tested on their ability to lip sync to songs like in a way that is interesting and compelling and they have to do that pretty much every episode they have to do acting challenges where they have to be funny they have to do improv challenges where they have to think on their feet sometimes playing a character in improv uh they sometimes they pull weighted sleds on the field they do not do that <laughs> they don't why it's a drag race man they're not d- dragging and, and racing <laughs> this, this show is highly misleading <laughs> all right um uh they record songs and like do actual vocal tracks uh they make clothing and stuff they have to make over other people like this the breadth of things that they have to do in this show like is just sort of like an impressive thing that like like people on like american idol and stuff like all they have to do is sing well like the people in the show have to do a whole bunch of stuff and they the grand prize is a hundred thousand dollars it's not even a million dollars which is kind of a huge ripoff to be honest but like yeah it's just this sort of like is it a hundred thousand dollars pretty solid amount of money yeah but like they could give them more like they've been giving them a hundred thousand dollars since this show was on uh logo 10 years ago like and and at this point like like the people like going on to the show like invest like thousands of dollars making like bringing clothes and like outfits that will like allow them to like be seen as like mm-hmm. higher quality so right. they're spending money to compete on this show hmm. yeah but yeah it if if you've never watched the show, I would recommend giving an episode a try and seeing how you feel. I think the highlights of the show are the lip syncs. So if you just watch one of the particularly good lip syncs, it, I I think that's a sort of like gateway into checking the show out. But again, reality TV is not for everyone. And yeah, it it, it is a very like in your face, like sort of like kind of gay show so like if that if, if that's not your senior style it, it might not be your show mm. yeah cool all right well i think that's all we have to talk about for our winter review i think so yeah uh and i i would like to do more of these recaps maybe not peg them seasonally but if it 
happens that way, we'll do it that way. Yeah, I mean, we, we'll probably try and keep hitting seasonal ones, but uh, but I will. I mean, we would like to try and just get our opinions out there more, so people can go into different movies and TV shows with some a uh, little bit of guidance or uh, recommendation. And hey, there's been plenty of stuff that's come out that we haven't watched. Like, let us know what what did we not talk about that you think we need to be aware of or we should go check out and uh, what stuff in the, the coming seasons are you looking forward to? I think we're probably going to be talking about Morbius soon. I think that's, that, that's a good likelihood. Oh, hell yeah. Morbius. Let's go. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog two. Yeah. That's, that's the movie event of the year. That's going to be the video game movie of, of all time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, all it has to do is be better than Detective Pikachu, and it's the greatest video game movie ever made. I mean, Detective Pikachu was pretty good, though, so. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think that's it for now. So until next time, folks, this has been Robert. And Ryan. Have a good one.